Well, it's a privilege to be able to worship with you. Now, I don't say it just sounds good. It really is. I love to worship God with you. Uh, I know Alex always frustrated. He can't uh, find enough time to preach where he wants to preach. I feel the same way. Most preachers do. I'm glad the Bible's so great that you just can't run out of it. It's inexhaustible. So tonight, I'm really going to cover too much material, but I don't apologize for it. I don't expect you to remember everything I say. But I do want to make some suggestions to you. I hope it will be helpful to you. And uh, this has kind of been a long time coming. What I'm going to talk about tonight is over in uh, uh, Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. I love, love that. The, so I'm talking about running. My, the, t- type of my, the, the title of my sermon is Running into the Tower. That's a tower of God's name. So let me quote that again from Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord. And that word Lord there is Jehovah. I know you already know this, but in the Old Testament, if you see uh, small caps, that's the, uh, the, the, the L and the small caps, that's always Jehovah. If you have just L and this regular O-R-D, then that's something else, Adonai or something like that. Because the King James people do, I'm glad they did that. And that's a sacred name. It ought to be sacred to us. It's, in fact, I wrote an article one time. I'll mention that to you in a minute. I want to ask your prayers about something. Uh, I call something I wrote one time Jehovah the personal name of God, because that is the personal name of God. That's a very sacred name. It's the name he gave Moses when Moses said, who can I tell the people of Israel that sent me down here to tell, let my people go? He said, you tell them I am sent me. And then he, the, his name Jehovah. So uh, it's called a tetragrammaton. What that means is four consonants. And uh, so the Jews, there were, there were two superstitions, but I still appreciate their respect for the word of God. They were so... Uh, Awed by that name, the Tetragrammaton, they would not, they would not write it, they would not say it. They're so afraid they'd violate the commandment that said, you take the name of my Lord in vain. And I think they went too far on that, but I still appreciate their uh, sacred attitude toward the Word of God. We ought to have that also, should we? So the Tetragrammaton, the Jehovah, the personal name of God. And ha- what happened, and I always want you to pray for us as we study, not only when we preach, because many years ago, I don't even remember now, it's been a long time ago, I was studying, and I came across that scripture in Proverbs 18.10, and I began to find combinations of Jehovah. And so I came up with 10, or maybe more than that. I came up with, I'm going to give you those 10 tonight. I don't expect you to remember all of them. You remember some of them. And I've written an article anyway. If you want to get it, I'll be glad for you to get it. So while I'm saying that, I ask your uh, prayers about something. I've been trying to write a book on prayer for years and years and years. Tony will remember that. I'm over, he encouraged me one time. And so I just never had gotten it done. It's going to be a bunch of essays on prayer. And so I think I'm finally coming to an end. Uh, Kathy... Horner is a great editor and a great, uh, comp- she can put stuff together. So she, it's in her hands. I got a few more chapters to go. I had a great time studying yesterday. I just felt like the Lord was with me. So I hope you'll pray. I hope that'll be a, be a help to God's people. You know, I've been praying for a long time. From Zechariah. That God would pour out on me the spirit of grace and supplications. He began to do that. He began to do that. Uh, you know, I like to memorize. You know that. Hint, hint, listen to Scarlett's podcast. <laughs> uh, but I got to where I've got to get back to memorizing. I just about quit memorizing because I'm praying so much. I can't quit praying. I'm not complaining about that. But I gotta find time to do both of them, something or another. There's so many needs, aren't there? Aren't there so many needs lately? 
And you just heart grown for people. Not only intercessory prayer, but other kind of prayers also. Our country's in terrible shape, and uh, there's things to pray God for, and things. So I don't know. So I want to talk tonight on running to the strong tower because He is our tower. And many times I've practiced what I preach. Many times I've taken these names of Jehovah and I've used them in prayer. So with that in mind, uh, let's go and look at these ten combinations. And again, the title of our sermon is Run into the Tower. That's the tower of God's well, name. So, uh, so anyway, listen, when you're praying, try this sometime. You may remember, you won't remember everything I said. I've got 10 of them. I've got, I've got, I know where they are in the Bible, most of them. I've got kind of a mnemonic. I can, I can tell you what all 10 of them. Uh, Richard Crickmore helped me have a mnemonic a long time ago. And so when I'm praying sometimes and I have a hard time getting to pray, you do it sometimes, don't you have a hard time getting going? I'll just get something like this going. Or I'll pray the Lord's model prayer. There's lots of ways we can get in the spirit of prayer. All right, let's go. We all know this. The kids sing this a lot of times on Wednesday nights. Jehovah Jireh. That means he who sees and provides. We know the prominent place where that is. There's many places in the Old Testament. The most prominent is in Genesis chapter 22. And God told Abraham to take Isaac up on the mountain and sacrifice him there. So he went. And Isaac was very cooperative. And Abraham, you know, I don't get too many sidelines going, but Abraham, folks, you know what Abraham thought? You can read it in Hebrews. He believed he was going to kill Isaac I could come alive again, and he'd go back down and worship with him. Isn't that amazing? He, that's how much he trusted God. God told him, and thy se- I, and Isaac is going to be your seed. But he said, you go in and you sacrifice him. And so he had him on that altar, had that knife drawn to sacrifice him. But he told the boys, the, two, two, the lad, he said, you wait here. I and the lad will go and worship and come again. And it said in Hebrews that he uh, received him as, as a figure from the dead. Isn't that great? May God give us that kind of faith. We can come, Now, God doesn't tell me he's going to raise somebody from the dead in my family like that, but God made promises to me. When you go get a hold of a promise of God, grab a hold of it. Abraham staggered not at the promises of God being strong in faith. And I pray God will give us a stronger faith. Grab a hold of a promise of God. Don't be a charismatic. Just snatch something out of the air. Grab a real promise from God's word and grab a hold of it. And there are a lot of them here. I better get watch it now. We'll get on some sidelines. There's one thing you know for sure, he promised you he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You can grab a hold of that law of your might. He promised us that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, right? He promised us he'd provide for our needs. So we can grab a hold of the promises of God and lay hold on those, and Abraham did that. Anyway, here's what happened, as you well know. You kids remember this, don't you? Just think about this. Here's Isaac. He went up the mountain there, and so uh, he got the wood for the fire. Uh, he got the, the fire. I guess he carried some kind of a lantern or something like that. And so I said, Daddy, where is the sacrifice? And here's what he said, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And he did on Calvary. On sacrifice, God provided himself a sacrifice on Calvary. Isn't that something? He provided his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He had spared not his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Well, God, listen, God proved he loved us, hadn't he? Lord, you're going to let me down. What do you mean let you down? I proved my love to you on Calvary. Let's quote that again, Romans 8, 32. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This is just, Kevin Poe said, that's just the gravy. Everything's just the gravy. After you get us Jesus Christ. But thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I've been preaching to us. Anyway, he said, God will provide a sacrifice. And we know what God did, don't we? 
that ram was caught over the thicket. And they say what that God let Isaac off the altar, put that ram in the stead of Isaac, in his place. Substitutionary atonement. I like that. That, is, that exact phrase is not in the Bible, but the concept is there. And theologians use it. Don't you like that? Substitutionary atonement. Say it with me. Substitutionary atonement. Christ is our substitute. In our room and in our stead, he died. God provided it. But my friend, everything we need, God, it said, he, he who sees and provides, he knows what we need. God's word says, he knows what we need before we ask. Lord, do you know what's going on? Are you letting me down? I've got some problems here. Are you, are you asleep? See, we think that sometimes, don't we? God sees and he provides. Y'all know how I love that song, uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I'm going to tell you, as an 82-year-old man, all I have needed, his hand has provided. My daddy was a wonderful man. He died when he was 68 years old, congestive heart failure. Had a hard life, but he was a great man. He, he was a jolly man. He was, he was, he was sober minded, but funny too. Uh, that, that was really something. But he had a lot of sorrow. He only had his dear wife for 19 and a half years. He was an old man. He had 43 when they got married. Mommy was 33. And God gave them five children in seven years. And then that mama died of cancer when she was 53 years old in 1960. But Jerry McMinn, a preacher friend of mine, lived with us for a while. And I was so busy in college, I didn't have time to spend with Daddy like I should have. And Daddy was in his, I didn't know he was dying, of course. I knew he was sick. And Jerry would sit outside with my Daddy in the yard. He said, all your Daddy does all day long is say, I can't believe how good God has been to me. I hope I'm that way, don't you? He had a lot of sorrows. Had a heart attack one time. And, uh, but he was always, and I'm getting that way too. I tell you, sometimes I get in bed, and I don't even do this on purpose. It just happens sometimes. I get to reminiscing over my life and say, God, how in the world can you have been so good to me, an old sinner like me? He, but he takes care of all of us. My, listen, Jehovah Jireh sees and provides whatever you need, he will provide it, right? Jehovah Jireh. So I pray to him that way. All right. Jehovah Roy, you know what that is, Jehovah the Shepherd. Isn't that a good one? Jehovah the Shepherd. That's what he called in Psalm 23. We quoted that today, to, I, think, I think it was today. Sam recorded it to him. I did the other day. We all love that. My friend, the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. And the last verse, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's our shepherd, isn't he? Do you know you're a helpless sheep? You may think you're pretty tough and smart, some of you young people may be. You're just totally helpless. I'm telling you that right now. The older you get, the more you realize it. But my friend, we are sheep. Sheep are not predators. Sheep can't protect themselves from, from, the, the, from predators. Well, they don't have sharp teeth and claws. They, they eat vegetation. They're herbivorous. That's the way you say it. Brother, if those old predators get after them, they have had it. Unless they've got somebody to protect them, they have a mighty shepherd to protect them. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life to the sheep. Now, let me say three things shepherds do. They do more than that. But there's three I like to think about. Here's what God does for you. They lead the sheep. He leadeth me beside the still water. Do you need leadership and guidance in your life? God will provide it. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give us liberally to all men and upbraideth not, it shall be given him. Do you need wisdom? What do you need? 
God will give it to you. Let's say, well, I, I, I know I'm not doing right. And I won't repent. I can't repent. Well, you know what you can do? Ask God to help you repent. This is over Jeremiah. I think he's 29. Ephraim is bemoaning himself. He knows he's not right with God. So Ephraim said, Lord, turn me. I shall be turned. After I was turned, then I repented. He provided that for him, provided repentance. So they, they lead, don't they? Shepherds lead us. You know what God leads you? You know, Jacob said, when he was over there, uh, so Jacob letter said, the Lord was there and I knew it not. One man said, he led me by way of no not. He's led you all that way if you look back. He's leading us, my friend. God leads us. I love the song that one verse gives me goosebumps. He leadeth me, oh blessed thought. He's leading us. Sometimes we can't see it, but he is. He keeps us out of danger lots of times. He leads us going, to, going astray sometimes. He leads us. Shepherds lead. They also feed, don't they? He maketh me a lot of green pastures. Get that good old grass. Brother, God knows how to feed us both naturally and spiritually. We are, thank God that you're being fed with spiritual food. I'm not a great preacher. I, I do the best I can, but I know how to try to feed you. I didn't feed you. You've had good food for a long time. Thank God that manna of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he gives us. You know, uh, I, I can't remember every meal I've ever eaten. Uh, I, I've eaten a lot of meals, folks, or I wouldn't be here. I've eaten a lot of meals. I can remember a few of them. <laughs> I really can. Man, that time in Texas Day Brazil, I remember that one. <laughs> but, I can't, but I can't remember all of them. You can't remember all your sermons. But if I hadn't heard about being a dead duck. My friend, even when you don't remember all the things you hear preached, it's still doing you some good. The gospel of the power of God is the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. So love the word of God and thank God for it. He leads us and he feeds us. Guess what? It also protects us. That's, so I'll leave you with that. That Jehovah Roy. God, so come to him in that way. Say, Lord, I need for you to lead me. Father, I need for you to protect me. I need for you to feed me. Jehovah Roy. Go back to Jehovah Jireh, God. I need for you to look at my needs and provide my needs. Use those names in prayer. Then we have Jehovah Rophi. That's Jehovah the healer. Jehovah the healer. I love that one. Uh, he heals lots of things. He heals bodies sometimes. He doesn't always, but he can. So I want to recommend something to you. If you ever get sick, don't hesitate to do what we hear in James chapter 5. If any sick among you, let him call the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the Lord shall save the sick, and uh, so forth and so on. So do, do that. We practice that at Red Chapel. We had a real, real dramatic sense this one time. I really believe that's one reason why God preserved Lynn Bruce's life as long as he did. Some of y'all may remember this. Uh, Lynn was here one time at a meeting, had this raging cancer. She wanted us to pray over here. We went to the house next door over there. I, I said, were you there? He, he was there. I said, David Powell was there. We anointed her and prayed, uh, and prayed for her. Anointed a little oil on her head. And my friend, she got real better and lasted a lot, a lot more years. God can do that. God can heal. And so let's ask God to heal us. But we also have to say, Lord, thy will be done. Now we don't ultimately thank God we shall be healed. Totally. And those resurrected bodies, you talk about healing. It says over in Psalm 103, he healeth all their diseases. That's not hyperbole. That's the truth. He'll heal all of our diseases. There won't be diseases some of these days. Isn't that wonderful? So God heals bodies. But he also heals hearts. He heals hearts. Your heart ever been broken? 
or maybe broken because you, somebody hurt your feelings or maybe even you're, because you're a sinner and your own heart broken because you sinned against God. My friend, God will never turn down a broken and contrite one. Here's what David said in Psalm 147. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. So if your heart is broken, sometimes your heart is broken in a love affair. I hate to admit this. Uh, I was not ever a ladies' man. I didn't date much. But I remember one time some old girl rejected me. and I, actually, I was a grown man crying myself to sleep. <laughs> so it hurts sometimes. That's real stuff, isn't it? So, but, so God will heal anything we need healed. He's the Jehovah Rophi. So pray that. If you have an unforgiveness spirit or have some grudge, God, heal me of this. Take this from me. He is Jehovah Rophi. Isn't that great? All right. Oh, one thing, yeah, he heals our backslidings. What's backsliding? That's when you start uh, getting cold toward God. And the Old Testament says, I'll heal their backsliding. Have you ever backslidden? I have. Have you ever gotten kind of out of sorts with God? You're kind of, you're still serving God, but not like you ought to. And you can feel yourself slipping. Say, Lord, would you please heal my backslidings? Help me get close to you again. Help me to have a personal revival in my soul, God, that I may have my heart warmed again. And like the scripture, even I think in prayer, I believe it was, I think Jeff quoted today in Psalm 142 that uh, open, I mean, uh, how, how did that go? Let my soul out of prison. Let my soul out of prison. I'm ready to praise your name. Has your soul ever been in prison? Mine had been. Yours had been too. Say, Lord, let my soul out of prison. I may praise your name. I like to praise God with a full heart. I can't always do it, but I ask, if I can't, say, God, help me praise you with all my might. God is Jehovah Rophi. But here's one of my very favorites. He's Jehovah uh, he Jehovah Shalom. That's Jehovah our peace. Do you like that? I like that word Shalom. Y'all like that? I just like it. I hear a man uh, on this Israeli war over there. There's one source I really trust, so I'll put that out there. I don't know whether it's sermon audio or not. I like uh, uh, Jerusalem. Uh, uh, it's a TV7 from Jerusalem. This guy, a Christian, Jonathan Hessen, I like his reports he gives. He always says, Shalom from Jerusalem. I like that. It means peace. That's a rich Hebrew word, peace. The Greek word is arene. We get the word arene from it. But my friend, listen. What I, what I, God, let me tell you about two kinds of peace. The most important is peace with God. You, you have peace with God through Jesus Christ, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. My friend, the peace had been broken because of our sin. God's a holy God, and we're not holy at all, so we were in enmity with God. But it said in Ephesians, Christ is our peace. Isn't that one who's broken down the middle wall partition between us? Christ is our peace. You have peace with God. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Peace with God. It's like you have two warring individuals, but now you're at peace with God because Christ has made that peace between us and God. That's the most important part. But there's also a practical aspect to it. You know what that is. It's the peace of God. You know what that's all about. Well, you don't, you don't either. You know what I always say about the peace of God? Better to be experienced and explained. Because it says you have the peace of God that what passes all understanding. I've said it as a pastor many times in my life. I see it as Sandra. She goes up and down. Now, this is not Bible. It's always a good Bible. It's not Bible. But I'm going to tell you anyway. You know what you, how you're going to be in your life? I promise you that. Because God is going to bless you to do this. When you get in a turmoil like she's in right now, you're going to be like a cat thrown up in the air. You're going to wiggle around a lot of times. You're going to land on your feet. God's People always land on their feet. You remember that. Not because you're all that tough, but God's gift of faith he gave you will never fail. Isn't that great? My friend, your faith will never fail. 
It's a powerful in grace that we have a faith. So he is our peace. And don't you, isn't it wonderful to be in turmoil? And you know, the world's not in peace, is it? The world, the world never be in peace. These United Nations people make you want to laugh. How, how long have they been trying to get peace in the Middle East? They got Jimmy Carter's solution, and they got Reagan's solution. They got everybody's solution. But it ain't ever going to happen until Jesus Christ comes again. But my friend, this world may be full of turmoil, but God's children don't have to be filled with turmoil. I, I, I said amen out loud we're singing today. I'll do it almost every time we sing that song uh, when it says, I love this. The wind and waves still know the voice of him who rules while here below. And then that doesn't that get goosebumps. He said, peace be still, and that happened. Brother and sister, sometimes your heart gets in a storm. You see, those, you get scared. The winds are raging. It may be financial difficulty. It may be health difficulty. It may be personal relationship difficulty. It may be a lot of things. Oh, but God can speak that word of peace and calm you down. And the Bible said in Philippians chapter 4, that's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Again, better to be experienced than explained. Isn't that great? You know, Jenny and I love that verse. That's our theme verse of our marriage, really, is Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace. I told you this before. The way they emphasize things in Hebrew is to repeat it. And so that's literally, look it up in your Hebrew interlinear sometime. That would keep him in perfect, keep him shalom, shalom. That's perfect peace. That's shalom, shalom. The only thing better than that is the Trinity. Holy, holy, holy. He, he really emphasizes that more than anything else, doesn't he? He's emphasizing the holiness of God. He says, holy, holy, holy. But he's emphasizing peace. He says, shalom, shalom. That will keep him in perfect peace. How are you going to do it? Whose mind is stayed on thee. Who's running into the tower of God's name. Running to the tower of God's name. You know, I learned something. I have to learn it over and over again. Sometimes I used to maybe go to sleep listening to a little news. A bad mistake. Bad mistake. What's happening down in the world? Get, get on YouTube. Get my phone out there. Try to put my earbud in. It won't bother Judy. But brother, that don't work very well. What I've done lately is put sermons on there. I was sleeping a whole lot better. My friend, we got to keep our eyes on him. Run to the strong tower. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah Shalom. What a wonderful thing it is. A wonderful thing. It's going to be great to be in heaven, isn't it? Perfect peace in heaven. You know, I love all of y'all. I already do. I'm not lying. I hear the King James Bible right there. But we have difference sometimes. And sometimes I get a little irritated at you. You don't know that. But I know you get irritated at me. Everybody does. I even get irritated myself sometimes. There won't be that in heaven. You think about that. Man, I can't imagine. Can you? Perfect peace. Perfect agreement. The Trinity, my friend, is perfectly agreed. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We're going, we won't be God. We'll join in that glorious Trinitarian peace. I can't hardly wait. Can you? Oh, I don't want any strife. We'll never know strife in heaven. And the church should not have any either. And when we act right, we're like a little heaven on earth. Not as perfect as heaven really is, but my friend is wonderful. And our families ought to be that way. We ought to strive that they be that way. And best God help us. We are sinners. I told a young couple today, uh, Dalton and Rachel, I said, it starts out good and gets better. But you got to realize there are bumps in the road. You know why? Because both of you are sinners. That's what we all have to say. Let's don't be surprised, my friend. Our loved one disappoint us sometimes. Let's, let's go jump all over them. We might try to correct them in the right way, but we all expect that. Even Judy, 
throughout, revere almost, she makes mistakes. I, I let her have it every now and then. But she's not perfect. But I'm wrong to expect perfection out of her. If you're expecting perfection out of your husband or wife, you're not treating them right. They're not perfect, they're sinners. And heaven, though, that ain't won't be in at all. Total peace, total peace. A whole ocean full of peace. Not one discord in heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So he's Jehovah Shalom. Now, he's also Jehovah Shammah. That's the last verse in Ezekiel 48. I think it's the last verse. Here's what it says in Ezekiel 48, 35. And the name of the city that day, and that taught him to spiritual Israel. You look at old John Gill, if you don't believe that. That's God's children. God's children now. And the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there, that's Jehovah Shammah. Now, let me say something about it. We all know the Lord's everywhere, right? We do believe in God's omnipresence, his ubiquitous, ubiquitousness. He's everywhere present, nowhere absent. But he's always chosen to manifest himself in a special way in certain places. You might remember the Old Testament. He, even though he's in the whole world, well, the first time the concept of house of God is mentioned is over in Genesis 28, I think, verse 15. And here, here, here we, the saying, near by, near by God to thee, it, by the way, talking about that. If you look at that song, Near by God to thee, it's talking about the experience that Jacob had. Jacob is fleeing from Esau. He's really in trouble. So he lies down and he goes to sleep and has this wonderful dream of the ladder between heaven and earth. That's the ladder of Jesus Christ. If you look over in the book of John, it says that. My friend, the, angel, the angel of God ascending and descending on that ladder. Well, what a play. Whoo, man. Somebody said that the angel are carrying prayers up and bringing blessings down. I don't know what they're doing, but they're really getting on it. It's that it's bridges, heaven and earth. So when he woke up, he said, how awful, and he meant awesome, is this place. This is nothing else but the house of God and the gate of heaven. It's the first time house of God is mentioned in the Bible. God's special presence. Then when God set the tabernacle up, the same thing happened. When God, they made that tabernacle according to the pattern given them, and my friend, when that thing was completed, they could not minister because the cloud of God's glory came down there and they could not minister for a while. That was called the house of God. Then later on, when the tabernacle was uh, succeeded by the temple, the more permanent place of God, the same thing happened. It's when Solomon built that temple, when they got the thing finished, read about it, the cloud came in there, the kind of glory, and they could not minister. Special presence of God. Where's God's special presence today? It's in the New Testament church. 1 Peter 3.15 says this. If I, if I want you to know how to behave yourself. In the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar of ground of the truth. My friend, we're blessed here at Grace Chapel. I don't, did y'all enjoy that song service this morning? I almost floated off the bench. Did y'all enjoy those prayers of brethren and praise? I almost floated off the bench again. You enjoy that good sermon? I hear again. My friend, listen. When we do it right, and I mean, well, we, we don't do it right. We got God does it right. My friend, it's a great place to be. I hope you young people will always stay in the church of the living God. I can't understand people leaving it. Leaving it. I really can't. I don't know where I'd be if it were in the church of Jesus Christ. My soul had been fed. I've been strengthened. I've been kept from error. All kinds of things like that. But anyway, Jehovah Shammah, God, has chosen to manifest himself in a special way. So let's all pray that prayer. You do that every day now. Say, Jehovah Shammah, please continue to be with us. I hope there'll be an entity here, a candlestick, according to Revelation 2 and 3, 
which signifies God's special presence when Jesus Christ comes to you. Don't you hope that? I hope so. Sometimes churches go out of existence. It's not God's fault. All right, got two or three more weaves through. All right, Jehovah, I'm not a Hebrew guy, but I can, I can read. Jehovah said, Kino, that's Jehovah our righteousness. This, this is a mind blower. Jehovah our righteousness. You know what righteousness is? It's like a robe God puts over us. You know what it is? This, this, is, this is almost, well, I'll pick on old Joe. You sit over here this bench. Let's see old Joe commits a crime. I'm the governor. I pardon Joe. He does not have to uh, have the penalty of the law on him, but he's really still guilty, isn't he? He did it. But he, he, he's not legally liable. He still did it. Righteousness is different. Joe didn't even do it. You like that? You didn't do it, folks. You didn't do it. Therefore, now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus right now. That's how you can come to God in prayer. We know we're sinners, but God's not really seeing that in a way. Read the 11th chapter of Hebrews. You know, in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, see if you can prove me wrong. You can't prove me wrong. I've done, looked at it too many times. In Hebrews 11, you're looking at saints under the blood. Noah got drunk. Is that Hebrews 11? No. Abraham had two big lapses of faith. Is that there? That's not in there. Sarah laughed in unbelief. Is, is that in unbelief? What else? Samson, he did a lot better. It's not in there, is it? It's saints covered by the blood as if there's never sin. My friend, justification and righteousness is the same thing. So right, he is our righteousness. He's our righteousness. Now, I want to show you something that is really, I just can't say it as well as I wish I could. I'm going to go to Jeremiah. I'm going to go to Jeremiah. And my friend, we'll see here, Jehovah said kunu, said kunu, our righteousness. Let's look at this. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5 and 6. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Jesus Christ is the Lord our righteousness. All right. This is mind-blowing. I hope you'll put these two together. Same book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33, 16. Jeremiah 33, 16. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem, Jerusalem shall dwell safely. This is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. You know what the Bible scholar said about that? See, Judy is my wife. She can use my name. She's Judy Guess. We're the bride of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Look at that. Jesus Christ is called one place, the Lord our righteousness. And the bride, my friend, in another place is called the Lord our righteousness. That's how close we're identified with him. I can't say it as much as I wish I could. I just said it. May the Holy Ghost make it real to us. You can't imagine how clean we are as far as God's concerned. That's why Will will get a welcome into heaven. A warm welcome to heaven. Not a just kind of a, you know, uh, just let him in, let him in. No, a warm welcome. Come on in. You're, you're home, son. You're home. You belong here. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You're righteous in God's eyes. That robe of righteousness. 
Jehovah said, so pray that to God. He said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I'm righteous in your sight. Help me to feel that. And that'll be like the thing that even Sandra talked about today. We're talking about some of the truth. She said, well, you know, I know it's true, but I can't always feel it. That's the truth of all of us. We know it's true. But keep on holding on to it. Faith does not depend on feelings. My hope, I trust not the sweetest frame, but holy little in Jesus' name. I like it when my frame is sweet. That means when I'm feeling good. That's what that really means. I love it when I, but I don't trust my sweetest frame. You won't always have the sweetest frame. I'm telling you now, I've been serving God a long time. You won't always have that sweetest frame. Sometimes you weren't feeling, I'm even a child of God. Sometimes you weren't, Lord, are you clean, gone forever? That's a common thing for God's children. The Psalms are full of that. But your faith is so strong, it overcomes that. Isn't that great? And the study will come back again someday at God's own time. If God let us be that way all the time, we'll probably never grow. Sometimes he makes us, my friend, uh, he hides his precious face. And, but he does it for our own sake that our faith may grow. And we'll be strong in faith. That's wonderful. But he is just our righteousness. He's our righteousness. Okay. He's also Jehovah Makedeshkum, the Lord of sanctification. He's our sanctification. Now, let me say a few things about sanctification. A lot of things can be preached on all of these, of course. Sanctified means to be set apart for special use. The word holy is the same as sanctification. Set apart for a special use. Let's talk about a few, what I call phases of sanctification. My friend, you were eternally sanctified in one sense. You were sanctified when God chose you in Jesus Christ before the world began. He set you apart. You're sanctified doctrinally before the world began. You know what? I, this is a, also my Lord. There's never been a time when Jesus Christ did not love you if he loves you now. Now, I have loved thee with everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn them. He loved the Apostle Paul before the Damascus Road experience, just as much as he did after the Damascus Road. Even when he was persecuting his own children, God still loved him. And he did something about it. He born him again. Got to be born again. Isn't that great? Well, we've been, we're also sanctified by the Holy Ghost. We're sanctified by the Son. I can give you scripture on all of these. We're set apart specially. Christ died for us specially. But then we have practical sanctification. And I love, somebody quoted this today. I love my Bible readers here at Great Chapel. Sanctify us through thy truth. Them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus Christ prayed that for you and me. Set them apart by my truth. Have them grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to grow. You are growing. I believe you are. My friend, he who began a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. When you're praying to God, Lord, sanctify me, God, please. Set me apart, Father. Isn't that good? You Listen, these people who don't believe in perseverance, I feel sorry for them. There's kind of an argument on some PBs about perseverance. They, don't, they, really, they really misunderstand what we're saying. I'm not talking about work salvation. I am saying, however, God, the Holy Ghost, never leaves and never ceases to work in his born-again children. Let me have an amen on that. You may not know he's working in your life now. It may be some of the hard things happening to you. God chastised his children. That does not mean punishment. I didn't make that plain to the center today. It's not punishment. It's training. It's getting rid of the dross. Like Paul was being sanctified when he prayed that God would remove the thorn, and God did not do it. And then Paul finally realized God was doing him a favor. He said, I take pleasure in infirmities. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. He's our sanctification. 
So thank God for his doctrinal sanctification and beg him to help in practical sanctification. And here again, you're not the word of God, it's not going to be happening. Christ prayed, but it is going to happen because you're going to know wrong. You got to. Jesus Christ prayed that prayer, and God always hears God's prayers. And hear what Christ prayed for me and you. He has prayed for you, old Reagan, the rest of you around, people around here. He has prayed for us. When he said there, in the high priestly prayer, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We can't be on the word of God too much. All right. Ben, we got a couple more we through. Jehovah El Yom. That's Jehovah Most High. He is Most High. He is Most High. He's ruling this world today. Sometimes it looks like he's not ruling, but he's ruling this world. Let me see what David said in Psalm 7. And David had gone through some terrible trouble. He said this. I will sing praise unto the name of the Lord Most High. That's a translation of Jehovah uh, El Yom. Remember that he's high. Overall, God's ruling this world, folks. Listen, don't, he, he had prepared, Psalm 103, verse uh, 19, he prepared his throne in the heavens, his kingdom rules over all. Don't ever forget that. He sets up rulers and brings them down. I pray all the time. I, I call my name. God, get rid of that old Kamehameha over in, in uh, Iran. Get rid of old Tega down there, Lord, in Nicaragua, if you will. Get rid of old Erdogan over in Turkey, old mean old guy in Turkey. Get rid of old Chi over there in China, God. Get rid of Kim over in North Korea. I'll pray about that. But my friend, they're there because God put them there. And when God wants to get rid of them, he'll bring them down. He can control them while they're there. And someday, my friend, he'll have vengeance on them. And the saints of God will be vindicated. We serve Jehovah El Yom. But you've got to keep thinking about that. You walk by faith, not by sight. And finally, he's Jehovah Sabaoth. I love that. The Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of hosts. I talked about that today. We were talking about it some, weren't we? You know, God's got a lot of hosts, has he? You know, he told, uh, oh, Peter said, Peter puts that sword up. He said, if my kingdom were for this world, then my servants would fight. I can call for 12 legions of angels. That's a lot of angels, isn't it? And the Bible indicates there may be millions of angels. There's certain scriptures that indicate that, millions of them. And they're pretty strong, too. One time, a guy wiped 70,000 out one night. One right, a little stronger, wiped out 185,000 in one night. The old Assyrian king Sennacherib was smarting off against God and his people insulting them. And my friend, he tucked his tail and went back home because God, the angel, struck him 885,000 men dead. You know how he wound up? God shut his big mouth. When he went back to Assyria, he was kneeling in the temple of his God. His own son, kneeling beside him, assassinated him. And listen, when we die, I believe this now. I, I think this is right. I said he thought it was right, so I'm not going to get my pastor here. We're on the same plate. I said, you think the angels are involved in our death? I think they are. I know over there, they talked about the angels took Abraham to, I mean, I took a, the, the, the uh, Lazarus to Abraham's bosom and over St. Luke. You know what I think right now is happening? I, I really believe there's some angels sitting on ready. I believe that. I believe God said, go get Will. There after that, just like that, down on the spot. My friend, we have no worries. I've done a lot of traveling. I'm not a good traveler. I'm a coward. I'm not a good traveler. But I've done a lot of traveling. And my friend, sometimes I worry about my passport. You ought to see me in, in, in any place. It's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm constantly, I'm not kidding, almost constantly. Passport bill full. Passport bill full. 
One time I thought I lost it on a Russian plane one time. I almost went crazy. Passport bill full. I think I accept my passport. They give me this mean look. Is my visa okay? No problem going to heaven, my friend. My passport had been stamped by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm entering heaven, my friend, as a legal resident of heaven. And you are too. Listen, flee to that wonderful name, Jehovah. If you want to get my article sometime, uh, it's going to be a book pretty soon anyway. I'll give you a copy of it. But I just think about it right now. Remember at least two of them. You won't remember all ten. I don't expect you to. Remember some of them and use them in prayer. If you're having a hard time getting to prayer, just say, Lord, I'm going to come to you, Jehovah Roy, my shepherd. And think about how great shepherds are. Come on, Isaac.